Static is an open source project to simplify and streamline using Docker on a Mac or Windows machine. It allows users to get up and running on Docker with a single click and provides a user interface that makes running and managing Docker files easy. Sean Lee is the co-founder and chief product officer of Kitematic. Sean, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. So we've had containers for a while. What was new about Docker that got people, including yourself, so excited? Uh, it was very exciting because um, Docker has made containers much more accessible uh, to developers. And uh, the timing is actually very good because of the whole you know, DevOps uh, infrastructure as code uh, movement. Right. Okay. So you think the the infrastructure as code, the DevOps thing is is the key uh, matter of importance. How does that affect developer um, or uh-huh. how does that affect software engineering organizations as a whole? The DevOps movement. Right. Uh, I, I, in my opinion, it it spawned from the agile uh, movement. Um, so um, because developers have been following these uh, process. Uh, to build software um, in companies, but there were still silos between the development teams and the operations teams. Um, And the existence of Docker kind of bridged this gap, uh, bridged the silos uh, between the two teams Um, because operations are starting to apply, you know, development uh, practices like putting your infrastructure on code and store them in GitHub you know, iterating and testing on these infrastructures. Um, and that's um, what really, you know, Docker caught their eye is is that they can define their, for example, their uh, infrastructure using, you know, containers and images and writing scripts that use Docker. Same for developers is, you know, developers are beginning to touch more, of the operations side, you know, how how do I run the app? Um, as you can see from uh, popularity uh, from platforms like Heroku, is developers self-serving and worrying about their own infrastructure. And also they are interested in Docker as well. Is Docker a product that is only useful for running application servers? Like, is it only useful for developers mm-hmm. and operations people? Or is Docker a technology that is useful to consumers? Uh, well, I, I'd see that I definitely believe there's a potential for Docker to be a technology that's very useful to consumers uh, in the future. Uh, for example, if you know maybe I'm running a shop online and there is an app store somewhere that I can just one click you know, it creates my shop for me along with all the infrastructure without me having to know any programming. I think that's definitely a potential for a consumer market. Right. So maybe like the the .exe equivalent of a of a cloud application. Right. Uh, totally. Okay. Interesting. It, and so, what about on uh, on a local machine? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know. Kitematic is is for using Docker on on Mac, and uh, eventually you, you develop a Windows um, application. So, how do, how does this actually work? Can I use 
I mean, I I don't think I can use Docker on operating systems other than Linux, right? Um, you can use uh, Docker on operating systems other than Linux, but uh, since Docker is has dependencies on Linux primitives, you kind of need a hypervisor on you know other operating systems like uh, Mac or Windows. Um, so you know the free and uh, option out there right now is VirtualBox, and that's why Kitematics currently uh, depend. Uh, has that as the dependency. Hmm. So when I install Kitematic, it installs VirtualBox as part of that installation yes. process. That's correct, right? So yeah. what what is the dependency on VirtualBox? How does that interaction actually work? Um, so VirtualBox actually runs a uh, like a mini Docker distro inside called Boot Docker. <coughs> it's like an ISO. And basically that's uh, and how Kitematic talks to VirtualBox is through a uh, Docker machine, uh, which is another product that you know bridges this gap. What does Docker machine do? Um, it's basically a uh, a developer tool that lets you create local VMs using any um, any application like VirtualBox, mm-hmm. VMware Fusion. Um, but it can also provision cloud um, instances that are Docker-ready. Okay, got it. So now that we've talked some about this this um, framing uh, around Kitematic, so some of the dependencies and Docker, let's talk about Kitematic more specifically. Mm-hmm. So what is Kitematic? Kitematic is a uh, desktop application uh, that helps you to use Docker on your Mac or Windows. It's almost like the, um, you know, in my mind, like the, the VMware, um, VMware Fusion, right, on your desktop that talks to, you know, the vSphere in the cloud. Um, right now, we have a uh, integration with Docker Hub and uh, from Kitematic, and that's how, you know, uh, we kind of see it. I'd love to get more of the origin story. Why did you build Kitematic? Uh-huh. Um, so we started as a completely uh, different company. Uh, we were called Kite, uh, K-I-T-E. And um, we were a company that uh, that was doing a development environment in the cloud. Basically, um, how, what the product was like is a Dropbox, uh, kind of like taskbar menu on your on your Mac, and the code you write in there gets synced to the cloud and it runs the server and everything there using Docker. Um, so kind of like Dropbox for your code. And then uh, eventually, uh, because we are using Docker underneath, uh, we we're trying to abstract it away. Uh, but as we are talking to users, um, they seem to be really interested in uh, how Docker works and their development teams wants to use Docker. So we eventually kind of pivoted and uh, embraced Docker instead um, and also made it uh, client-side only uh, for cheaper cost and economies of scale. Can you explain that in more detail? What do you mean by that, the economies uh, of scale? Yeah. And what was the, how do you get the cheapness? Right, uh, because uh, if you do it online, uh, you have to host it yourself. Um, it's very expensive to create 
uh, the similar experience as you know, I click and then I have an environment ready to ready to go without setting up any server. And you know, in my mind, bringing your own server, um, you know, it's it's a really challenging uh, UX problem. Um, it's it's very hard to do and and set up. So um, to make it easier for us in the beginning, doing a client side uh, makes a lot of sense because users can just download. Uh, Kitematic and start using it right away without setting up anything. That's a really, really smart conclusion. That seems like the type of conclusion that you would only come to as a person working on the product that working working with the problem that that product eventually solved. <laughs> yes. Um, so, with that in mind, like, I mean, I guess. So, okay. So, prior to that eventual product. That you were, that you decided to build. You were working on this idea to get code, like the the Dropbox for code or whatever. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that idea? Why was that mm-hmm. an important problem to solve? And why? And and do you feel it still has not been solved? Okay. Um, so how I started was um, uh, I I I graduated from the University of Waterloo, and we have. Uh, this co-op or internship program that you know allows you as an engineer to go and work for companies uh, four months uh, alternating between work and school. And as I was in those companies, I find it uh, I find myself having a lot of trouble uh, setting up dev environments, helping other people set up dev environments. And uh, at the time, there was also a competi- a pitch competition. Uh, so we were thinking of an idea and uh, this really came to mind as something we were passionate about and scratch our own itch. Um, and also the good timing is Docker Point 3 was just released and it was awesome. So we kind of just based our prototype on Docker in that version and then, you know, applied to the, to the, um, to the competition and won it. So in these companies that you were working with where you were struggling to mm-hmm. set up dev environments did these companies use docker uh not at the time um it was uh, years ago right okay um so around that time when you started working on kitematic how were you seeing other people use docker at the time and were they experiencing the similar um, the similar problems that that you ended up solving. Uh, I I almost felt like Kitematic kind of grew with how Docker grew. Um, you know, in the beginning, everyone kind of just heard about Docker, but not really sure how to use it yet, or you know, apply to their own uh, architecture. Um, but you know, as we were talking to users. Docker is becoming more and more popular, and there are more materials online on how to uh, on helping people get set up. Um, so, I I guess like both of us are, are you know both both the companies and Cadmatic were figuring it out you know uh, along the way. So when you eventually settled on the product that you ended up building, what were the early product development um, roles like? Like, what did your, what did the, 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 the software development process 
look like mm-hmm. among you and your two your two co-founders? Two co-founders. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um it was uh <laughs> it was really scrappy. Um because we only had three people. Um I was more on the more focused on the user experience and front end side. And Jeff is the, the core uh, engineer. And Michael took care of everything uh, other than coding, basically. Okay, so uh, did you, like, how, I always find it interesting, mm-hmm. like, managing small team. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've worked on a number of software projects mm-hmm. where it's just, like, me and another guy or me and two other people. Um, and it's always interesting allocating responsibilities and figuring out how to be productive with a really small team. Were there any mm-hmm. problems there that you encountered or how did you manage the separation of concerns? Um, I guess um, knowing that the areas that you should focus on is very important. Um, like uh, each person's specialty, you know, what they're good at. Uh, and also narrow, really narrowing the scope of the product. Um, helps a lot with that. Okay, so uh, why did you why did you decide to build a native desktop application rather than mm-hmm. a browser experience? Or describe like describe yeah. how you you came on the Kitematic experience. Um. So because developers already use tools on their desktop. Um for their day-to-day task. Uh, for example, IDEs, you know, code editor, terminal, they're already familiar with the concept of, of using a desktop tool. And we wanted to position Kitematic as a, um, a, a, a desktop tool that developers can use. And that's what really drove us um, to be positioned as a, as a desktop application. And also the saving cost part that I mentioned earlier, plus there are advantages, um, you know, technical advantages to being on the person's laptop. Um, for example, you can pick a full path of a file system um, instead of having to upload uh, files on the uh, in the web browser, which is more restricted. Mm, of course, more sandboxed. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the early product days. What did the product do during its first release? Um, it was actually really similar, <laughs> uh, the first release of Kitematic. Um, in fact, it had more features, um, such as a build, you're, you're able to build an image from a Docker file. Um, it, it didn't have the catalog, the nice catalog that you see um, right now. So the app store. Yeah, experience. yeah. So uh, essentially, you just open your source source code code. Um, sorry, source code folder, and it will pick up the Docker file and build an image for you, and then run that image as a container. That's the fir- what the first version did. Hmm. And so. Kitematic wraps the Docker command line with a GUI that makes it easier to approach Docker. In a general sense, what are the challenges to wiring a command line experience to a GUI experience? I think that's a pretty general Mm -hmm. problem that sometimes people face. So how do you approach that? 
Uh, well, um, to to correct that, uh, Kinematic actually used the Docker Remote API. Oh. Yeah. In, instead of the uh, you know just uh, wrapping the command line, and then but we do wrap the machine um, the machine CLI. Um, okay. Yeah, but we try to make the code uh, very manageable to kind of uh, compensate for that right now. So when there's a problem, easier to, for us to fix. Um, we we keep you know we keep good logs and send good uh, crash reports, um, and all that seems to be uh, improving our reliability as you know machine catch up with the API and and all that. Sure. Okay. So so for people who who still may not be getting what the value of Kitematic is, um, you know. There's, you know, one screenshot you can find, uh, you know, online, you can see how you can set environment variables from the GUI. Right. And this is so much more appealing than opening up a file in Vim or setting an environment variable from the command line. It's like a really nice experience. So I- I'm really curious about the 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 perspective of how you get to, like, what do you want to map to a GUI experience from the command line? Because on a command line, you can do anything. But on a mm-hmm. GUI, you know, you're you're inherently restricting the the experience. So how do you choose yes. what to map? Um, I, I think the the right positioning of the product is, is important. Uh, it, it's like, what do you want it to do? Uh, a specific task. For example, I may want Kitematic to be um, just for example, right? Um, I may want Kitematic to be a tool that developers can use to build their application, to build their Docker application. And then you start thinking of features like, um, you know, maybe visualizing your stack, um, you know, creating, uh, easily creating an environment locally, um, you know, better integration with, with Compose, you know, giving good visual feedback on, uh, when you're make, making Docker files or compose YML. So that's one example that, you know, is purely focused on the building part of the process. Um, however, um, maybe you, you, you want to think of uh, how you run Docker applications instead. Then Kitematic can be a tool where, uh, you know, you can switch between maybe different environments from local to uh, remote machines and seeing what's going on in each um, in each environment. Uh, you know that's it. Really depends on where you see this go, right? Uh, for a specific task, because you can't put everything uh, in the, in the UI. Well, so how are you seeing people use KiteMax? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you can also use it to to stream logs. You can do yeah. all kinds of things from it. Is this like the DevOps? Uh, you know, workspace or how mm-hmm. do you see Kitematic? Uh, I see it more along the build side of things um, where, because Kitematic is still super, super early um, and, and the features are, are not all there yet. Um, so we try to aim the first uh, problem that happens to Docker uh, developers is they have trouble setting up uh, reliably uh, on their computer. You know, they have to go through different tutorials 
um, all they need to do now is download and click on Kitematic and you know it sets everything up for them and they're ready to go. Um, it's it can be also be you know the the one entry point to help people get started. Um, so once your your setup's complete, you see a nice catalog, and you can just start clicking and see containers being created, and you can see uh, the result right away in the you know preview, the logs, the state of the container, and uh, you can also see volumes. Uh, so you can see all that right away, which you know is you know gratifying for users in the first um, when they're first experiencing with Docker, and also. Um, it, it it helps with the with setting up the dev environment part, uh, which is necessary for building eventually. Yeah, it's like a the the user feedback loop. It almost feels like a free app store. You know, it's like you're just <laughs> clicking on apps and yeah. downloading whatever you want. Um, <clears throat> I mean, so when you were designing the Kitematic UI, uh, you know. When you're thinking about, you know, what the Docker world could end up looking like, and you're thinking about, like, maybe do we want an app store experience? I know you you didn't have that initially, um, but like when you were designing the Kitematic UI initially, what what type of user did you have in mind? Mm-hmm. Um, I was envisioning um, developers who work day to day that builds. That just build web applications, you know, maybe like a, uh, you know, a, a skunk works team in a big enterprise uh, trying to build uh, web apps. You know, uh, these kind of users then slowly growing into the process and and how people work uh, in general. Can you tell me more about the Docker ecosystem, like the. Um... Just how you see it evolving? Um, wow, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a harder one. Um, well, I I personally see it becoming easier and easier, and you know the the portability story being more complete. Um, because right now you you kind of uh, there's a po- a point to which the process is not standardized. Um, because after you build your containers, you know what's next. Um, it's a part that's uh, that hasn't been like standardized yet, right? Uh, and lo- a lot, a lot of users are you know uh, looking into that and you know figuring out their own ways to use Docker. But I see the e- ecosystem maturing on both sides. Um, on the build part, people become. Uh, it, it become easier to build Docker applications. On the other side, you know, deploying and managing your running apps also becomes easier. As you can see, there are a lot of startups that are you know taking care of the running part of things. What are the major technical bottlenecks in the Docker ecosystem that you frequently see right now? Uh, uh well overall like you know distributed systems and security those are challenging uh issues that that can go really uh, really deep but you know i i see um that you know lo- like loss of dependency is also an issue like depending on virtualbox um you know it 
it actually, um, you know, because a, a first-time user, when they use Docker, uh, they may think that, oh, I just download Docker and run a container, it just works. But now there is, you know, intermediate, you know, setting up VirtualBox part. Um, and that requires rules and all that, um, you know, makes them wary uh, of things. So it's more a uh, experience, uh, user experience problem. Okay. How does that, how does that get solved? I mean, how do you make mm-hmm. people comfortable with, it's almost like when you're going through, you know, when you're when you're signing up for something online and you have to go through this multi-step process yeah. and there's like a drop-off, right? At each right. stage in the process, there's a, there's user drop-off. You know, if you have to install Docker and go through all these different phases, there's going to be mm-hmm. drop-off at each phase. How, I mean, is that part of what Kymatic is? You know, you sandwich all of those stages yep. into a smaller user experience so that you can just click past everything with one click? Right. Um, so the original idea of Kitematic is <laughs> you double click, click on the app uh, and it shows you the steps, but you don't have to click next. So it, it just installs. <laughs> <laughs> it just installs and, and installing VirtualBox is only you know one small step of everything. So the users are like, ah, okay. Um, they just uh, install it. But you know it, the 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 only part that's troublesome is the um, asking for root password part. Uh, some people drop off there, but not, not a lot of people. Uh, interesting. So you know, as we're talking about the ecosystem, we should talk about the the social environment. GitHub created mm-hmm. a social environment around code, and I haven't spent much time within the Docker community. Does the Docker Hub? world look like the github world uh i i personally don't think so um because like i see github and docker being very different companies um and i i you know since there's this uh, infrastructure as code movement i think uh, it makes total sense for your docker infrastructure to lie inside github um you know like uh, like your config files and Docker files, compose files, and all that. Um, and I, uh, I think Docker Hub is not the same as that. Right now, Docker Hub is being more used as you know, kind of like a parking garage. You know, I already built the images, and I'm storing them in in the cloud. Um, but, uh, but the code actually is still in GitHub. But Docker Hub do have the aspect of, you know, like auto build um, and all that. And I think there is a huge potential with that, you know, automating your workflow instead of uh, instead of being a GitHub clone. Okay, so <clears throat> so you know, in 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 GitHub, for example, you know, people are commenting on lines of code that each other have written. So so mm-hmm. in is the how does that map to the Docker Hub world? Are you commenting on certain automated processes or like a higher? You're um, commenting on higher level things, right? Right now, it's actually kind of similar to GitHub, where you can see uh, a page of your image and you can comment below. Uh, so in that sense, it's 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 kind of similar. 
-hmm. but uh, but it's only a feature, right? It's not really the focus of the uh, of the of the uh, the platform right now. So some people who use Git, they use the GitHub desktop app mm -hmm. for uh, you know updating their code and stuff. It, do you think of Kitematic as somewhat similar to the the GitHub desktop app, except for Docker? Right, right completely. And you know, we, oh, we took okay. a lot of inspiration from um, the GitHub desktop app, <laughs> and even um, the users are user base are quite similar people. You know, um, oh. because there are developers who you know love their terminal, um, and you know using Git in the terminal. But the developers who use uh, GitHub Desktop app are more accept acceptable uh, for UIs. Um, they use, um, so they adopt it and they start using it, um, and, and that's, that's the idea. Yeah, there there is there is this kind of bifurcation between people who prefer to use console apps and people who are more tolerant of mm -hmm. user interfaces. Do you think that's is that swaying one way or another, or is this just like a thing that is going to be around till the end of time? <laughs> I do think, though, um, the the problem with uh, you know like free developer tools on the desktop is that there are not a lot of design in there, you know, um, and I think the the reason that some people don't like to use GUI on the computer is that, um, you know, they might think that, you know, it actually makes it harder to do what they do. You know, if you are familiar with the command line, you can just give it an instruction and it gives you the result right away. In that sense, it's actually a better UI for, for, for that particular person. But, but a, the CLI is, um, has its own uh, design challenges, um, kind of you, 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 you kind of force the user to use recognition, sorry, to use, um, memorization instead of recognition. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that means, you know, they have, when they first start, they, they can't recognize anything. So they have to look at docs and all that to get started. But, you know, if you use a U UI, it actually guides you, you know, it gives you a single entry point. Mm to branch out and eventually uh, you might actually go to the CLI after you are familiar with things. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, do you think if, if somebody is using the CLI when a UI is available, so do, I mean, do you think that's a, that's a sign that perhaps the UI is just not developed properly or, or mm -hmm. is it not that clearly demarcated? Uh, I think, uh, how I think how a lot of people use Kitematic at least is they they have both the CLI and the UI open. Right. The UI kind of gives them like this assurance that your your thing is running, and transparency into your own system. So you know, for example, you start creating containers and you see in Kitematic the container just you know starting popping out, streaming logs, and like cool, it's working. And, you know, there's also convenient features in Kitematic that's complementary to the CLI. Um, like you can switch between different containers quite easily and checking out the logs. 
but on the command line, you have to type a command every time, like Docker logs this container, Docker logs that container. But in Kymatic, you can just do it in one click. Yeah, I've I've seen some interesting examples of where a poorly designed user interface, when it is improved, you can see great improvement in engagement. So like, for mm-hmm. example, the, the most uh, recent example I can think of for this is when Twitter switched from the star to the heart recently, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Like if you want to like something on Twitter, oh. in the past you could star it. Right. Now you click the heart button. And it sounds like a really like super small change, but apparently it increased engagement by 7%, 7 or 11% or something. Basically because when you're clicking on a star, what the heck does that mean? Yeah, is it like exactly. A, is it a bookmark? Does it mean uh-huh. you like it? Does it mean you love it? Is it better than a heart? And then so they switch it to like, and it's much more you know distinctive. It tells you what it means. So yeah. anyway, this UI stuff is interesting. But um, <clears throat> so th- let's talk a little bit about um, the kind of the the process from product development to eventual acquisition. <laughs> we don't need to go into the the actual you know business acquisition details, but I'm curious how. Uh, this this process went for you. You know, you built the product, you open sourced it, and then uh, gradually you moved towards talking to Docker about acquisition. Can you give me an idea of the story right. behind that? Um, so, I think I kind of have to start like like earlier too. Um, oh sure, go for it. Yeah, um, you know, so so we built um, we built Kite in the beginning, um, like the cloud development environment. Um, and eventually, you know, there's, you know, challenges doing that. You know, our cost was high um, and uh, it's it's very restricting. So we, um, you know, we were figuring out the next product to build, right? We, we have been building different prototypes along the way. Uh, but, you know, um, until we get to the valley, under a program called uh, Lightspeed Ventures. Um, they do the summer fellowship program that helps entrepreneurs um, with, you know, with mentorship and you know, connecting them to, uh, to, to, to other companies. So yeah, then, by the way, I think we, we, mm-hmm. we just did a show with uh, TopTal, and I think they came out of Lightspeed oh. also. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few um, yeah. people. Successful yeah. program. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we learned a lot um, from our mentors, and um, um, and as we are, so they they they've been telling us to you know talk to the customers, right? Talk to the users, figure out what they actually need. So we did that, and then that's when we figured out maybe we should embrace Docker and make it easier to use instead. And you know, open source is uh, you know help helped us getting a lot of traction and help in the community. Um, and I think the first version of Kitematic really hit like a niche, like a itch, you know, a pain point. And we, we posted on Hacker News. It got, uh, we got, it, it got pretty, pretty, pretty popular. Um, and then, uh, well, we were approached um, then, yeah. And okay, I think, it, yeah, and I think the vision is really aligned um, for Kymatic and Docker, and we really like the people, so we decided to uh, to join. Fantastic. Okay, well, 
You know, we've talked a lot about Kitematic, the product development process. I'd like to talk about your background some and your experience programming. You went to the University of Waterloo, which has a reputation as a, a really strong CS school. What is it about Waterloo that makes for such a strong school? I think a lot of uh, a lot about Waterloo is the uh, internship and co- co-op program uh, that you get real experience as you know a young student in university to experience what you know uh, work is like outside of school at a younger age, um, and a lot of uh, interns actually get really good. Um, get to do some really important work at the companies. You know, some people actually, you know, created patents, right, in their internships. And, um, you know, some people have been leading projects and all that, being treated like a full-time employee. I think that, and then after you experience that, you come back to school, and you have a better sense of what you want to do next. You know, whether you want to start your own company uh, after you found out, you know, there's like a pain point that I want to solve, um, you start, you know, knowing yourself better and your own weakness and strength, where you want to focus next. Uh, to me, that's been really helpful. And also uh, the university courses itself um, is, you know, is, is really packed. So you have to develop some really good, um, you know, time management skills and all that to get through. Yeah, I think I've heard uh, with that latter thing in mind, I think I've heard the same thing said about Caltech. Mm. Um, So, uh, you know, I've seen some Waterloo students that seem to do particularly well at competitive programming competitions. Do you remember Mm -hmm. this being any, was there any part of the Waterloo culture where you saw a lot of people doing competitive programming? Uh, Yes, Uh, I think when I was, First year or second year, there's people talking about that like all over. Um, I don't know where it came from, but yeah, it was definitely a thing um, during the time I was there. Do you think there's a trade-off between focusing on competitive programming versus focusing on doing something more creative or like product development type of stuff? Yeah, there, there was actually an interesting survey that I saw. Um so like, you know, product minded developers are much more needed compared to, you know, really the academic. Byte, the, the triple byte survey you're talking about. I can't remember the, the name, but that's one thing I, I, I saw. Uh, you know, in my opinion, it's very important that a developer actually understands the value of the product that uh, he or she is building. Uh, but we also need, uh, you know, the strong you know, um, you know, academic, you know, competitive programming uh, minds to to really focus on you know efficiency, you know, optimization, uh, and that part of the um, of the picture because it's very important. Um, you know, for example, to make your app very snappy, right? Um, for for the users, um, for example, in you know consumer apps, they they handle lots lots of users. Um, it needs to be snappy. Yeah. You know, I was looking at your, your LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. and I saw that your interests include poker. I don't know. Maybe this is a total dead-end <laughs> question, but did you did you play a lot of poker? Did you ever play much online? 
Uh, no, I actually played a lot in in Waterloo. Oh, okay. Because there's nothing much else to do there. <laughs> oh, did you get? Did you take it very seriously? Did you like take a scientific approach, or were you just? No, it was it was casual. I like the oh, okay. people aspect of it. You know, like okay. you know, bluffing. You know, like psychology. Yeah, and that kind yeah, yeah of certainly. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also saw that you're interested in music. Do you write any computer music? Uh, I I I do not, <laughs> but oh, I do okay. compose like Mandarin uh, songs. Uh, oh, in China, like pop songs. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Do you see music as more of an art or a science? Oh. <laughs> I do see it as both, like, like as almost as equal. Um, f- at least, at least for, for like professional, like music, because you need to figure out the science behind what makes a song popular, you know, um, and and also sounds good. But you know, if um, personally, I'm leaning more towards the art of it, which is expression. Uh, you know, you kind of want to express yourself um, with your thinking uh, through music. Like it, it doesn't have to sound like really nice. Um, it could be just like, you know, a simple guitar song, right? But, you know, the lyrics um, and the way you express it, you know, is, is the art part. Mm. What about programming? Is programming more of an art or a science? I do see them as very similar um, programming and uh, and art. There's a book uh, written by Paul Graham called The Hackers and Painters. Uh, it actually talked about how similar you know painting and programming are. I think a really good programmer would approach it as you know you start with like the broader picture first and you start drilling down on each component. Which is very similar to when you are drawing, um, like you kind of draw the the silhouette, you know, the 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 outside frame of a person instead of drawing the eye in detail first, because if you do that, your proportions may be like out of whack, right? Right. Yeah. This is apparently how you're supposed to lay out interfaces uh if you're building react components also yes uh, <laughs> and that's what kidematic uh uses <laughs> oh you use react yeah okay interesting well yeah actually we didn't touch on that much like what do you use to build the ui okay so wait mm-hmm. you use react components but it's a desktop right <laughs> yeah that's the yeah that's the cool part how okay tell me about that uh, yeah um well so the, the tech stack for Kitematic has really evolved uh, over time as well. It started as a Django web application. No way. <laughs> In the beginning. Uh, it's it's not like local at first. So when, when it was web, we were using Django. And then we, uh, we switched to using actually Meteor.js. Oh, wow. Yeah, because of the real time and, you know, how fast we can pump out an application and show it to people. Uh, we were heavily using Meteor and a little bit of Node, uh, Node.js. And then we thought about the, uh, the desktop idea of making the web application on the desktop. So we just 
change our media code a little bit <laughs> and then put that inside node webkit uh so so then you make the web application on the desktop and and that and that is the first version of kinematic it was actually meteor plus node webkit wow yeah okay can you can you give i mean i'd love to hear more this is really weird <laughs> yeah interesting <laughs> yeah because we already wrote the application in meteor so it you know the shortest path is to put it in node webkit which is a way that allows you to run a web like a web app in on your desktop you so know? is it is it is kymatic still running meteor uh, it, it's not anymore okay how did you migrate away mm -hmm. and what did you migrate to um we basically <laughs> started rewriting it uh after you know after we kind of proved the concept and we started pouring energy to rewrite the whole thing in React. And instead of Node WebKit, we were using the Atom shell, uh, which is now called Electron. What is Atom shell? I don't know anything. Yeah, it's it's similar to Node WebKit. It's like a shell where which you can run your web application inside and make it okay. like look and feel native. Right, right. So it makes all kinds of mappings between buttons and native components. Uh, not exactly. It it kind of okay. It's like a uh, how do I say it? You know, like a proxy to your desktop. You know, it's like oh. a, it's almost like a container in a, in a way that contains your web app, and uh, you can interact it, uh, and it exposes like. OS level, like, sorry, the operating system uh, primitives, you know, like opening the dialogue and all that, uh, file picker, um, so, so those can, components. Can you ex explain in more detail, like, how, how do you build React components when you're thinking these are going to be rendered as desktop components? Mm -hmm. um, so the, the look and feel of Kydematic, it's, it's not quite native. It's 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 using web uh, UI, so we we weren't mapping buttons and all that. So it, oh, it's just basically okay. a, a pure web app running inside this frame. Okay, but but yeah, um, but we really tried to make the UI feel native um, instead of just a, a like an app web application. Can you tell me an uh, any interesting anecdotes about the really difficult problems that you had while you were building Kitematic? Uh, like te te technology-wise? Yeah. What, what was the what uh -huh. was the most tech difficult technical problem that comes to mind in retrospect? Uh, well, I think kind of getting started with React is a little bit more difficult because it has a higher. <laughs> wait, wait, getting started with React is more difficult than getting started with Docker and all this stuff. <laughs> Um, what? Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's more about the setting up part of React. Once you have everything ready, like your like folder structure, like Webpack, you know, like your mm -hmm. build process, everything else, like coding React, is it's much simpler. Um, the the complex part is the how the lifecycle works in React, 
like component update, you know, um, component did mount all that, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty hard to, to, to get in the beginning. Um, but you know, Docker, the CLI was actually pretty straightforward. Right. Once you have it installed. Interesting. Um, well, Sean, this has been a super interesting conversation about Kitematic. Um, is there anything else you want to add to our conversation? I think I think that's it. Okay, great. Well, I'm I'm really grateful for you coming on and discussing it, and uh, I'm I'm really happy for your success. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, great. Well, uh, thanks for coming on Software Engineering Daily. I'll I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Bye bye.